Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Welcome back to yet another episode of A Letter to My Sister podcast. And today I have a very special guest with me. I have Candice Bird. She is a clarity strategist who uses her mental health professional experience and her personal journey to empower women to stop hiding behind a mask. Candice also helps women embrace their authentic self so they can live the life that they truly desire and deserve. So let me tell you how I met Candice. She and I came through this coaching program called Purpose to Platform, which is ran by the lovely, magnificent Chief Edge Snatcher, Chief Purpose Pusher, Patrice Washington herself. And both Candice and I seem to be on this journey about empowerment and empowering women and authenticity most of all. And so she coined this term called crack the mask. And I said, ah, she would be the perfect person to be the very first guest on the show today. So Candice, welcome to A Letter to My Sister podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Oh, hey, how are you doing? Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited. Yes, I think this is going to be this is going to be so fun. So um, we are just going to hop right into it and get this conversation going. So my very first question to you is you coined the term crack the mask and you empower women to stop hiding behind a mask. So I was wondering, how did you come up with the term crack the mask? Um, so that's a great question. Um, when we were in our program together with the wonderful Patrice, um, it really was just sitting down and looking at how I really wanted to empower women with my story. And thinking about my story years back, it was about not hiding yourself behind the things that people expect you to be in life. People tell you that, you know, as a woman, you should be this way, or as a Black woman, you should be this way, or as, you know, as a, you know, daughter of a certain, you know, person, you, you got to be this way. Um, and truly just figuring out what really works for you and what is your authentic life like. And in that journey, I felt like I was wearing masks. I felt like in when I was showing up at work, I was wearing one mask when I was showing up around my friends. I was wearing another mask um, in my dating life. It was another mask. So just all these masks. And I really thought that's really what I think people will resonate with, with women will, will resonate with. Um, just from my experience with talking with them, they feel like they're showing up and not as their authentic, authentic self. They're showing up and wearing somebody else's life and not who they really are. So 
in that space of really trying to create a program to help women become more authentic, it was, ah, crack the mask because we want to crack that so we can get underneath, really dig into who we are and then just show up as our authentic self. That's awesome because um, I find myself kind of going through that own journey, my own kind of, you know, self-discovery with all of that. And basically I feel like I had that same awakening. I was like, I don't know if I want to call it a midlife crisis. <laughs> so I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to just call it uh, a midlife transition I like or, that. or like a midlife awakening. I said, mm-hmm. maybe I'll call it um, something like that because you know what? Those expectations is kind of such a real thing. And I feel like for me, I, I think the crazy thing about it is as far as the expectation, I put that on myself. Absolutely. Like nobody said, well, mm-hmm. this is what you absolutely must do. But I was like, oh my God, I've got to be, I've got to be the best, the best of the best of the best. And then I put all of these extra expectations on myself that I layered with what the rest, what I knew some of my family members wanted me to do. And then I found out I'm just out here flapping, just kind of in my own nonsense. That's right. And they're just living their life, but they have, we come up with these I, I don't know if I want to call them invisible expectations, but somehow we get this idea of these expectations that our family wants us to be one way. And sometimes you do have that pressure and you have to stop and think like, am I living the life for me or am I living it for somebody else? And thinking about, well, they're happy, you know, living their life. And I'm over here trying to live up to these expectations um, that somebody else has set for me. So I completely get it. And I think you kind of mentioned like that midlife transition, we'll call it. I think that's a great <laughs> phrase. Um, I think at each stage in our life, we do kind of relearn ourselves and relearn that authentic self because who I was at 20 is definitely not who I am at in my 30s, who is definitely not who I'm going to be in my 40s. Mm-hmm. But learning how to work through those phases and continue to rediscover ourselves. Yeah, I think that is true. Like um, a rediscovery process, I call it like Takara 3.0 uploading, <laughs> like a new upgrade, you know, every decade or every few years. I'm like, okay, upgrade coming. This is the new one now. This is, you know, this ain't the same one you knew back in 2000 now. This That's is a, right. this, this, that 2021 post-pandemic era version. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to ask is like when you talk about the mask and how we, um, you know, how we put it on in different circumstances. And then, you know, as of lately, we've been hearing a lot about the imposter syndrome. So you being like a mental health professional, would you be able to kind of speak to that with the mask and then imposter syndrome? Do they, are they the same? Are they different? Um, so th- they can kind of be one and the same where the mask, um, it is something that you just put on every day and it just becomes so comfortable that you don't even realize you get up and put it on because you're not connected to the true you. Um, So you'll walk around in life and you'll be people pleasing. You're not feeling like you're good enough. Um, You're feeling in spaces where you're like lonely. So it is kind of like a 360 mask in every area of your life that you're not really just happy. Um, With the imposter syndrome, it's somewhat similar in the sense of imposter syndrome. When you're in a room, I'll just use work for example, Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you're qualified, um, and you know you have the skill set, and you are supposed to be at that table. 
but for some reason internally, you just feel like you're not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. And so you then shrink yourself in those spaces and feel like those limiting beliefs start to come in like, oh, I'm not good enough. I thought I knew everything, but I really don't. And so then you don't step up and shine like you should. Um, so imposter syndrome, I've heard like Michelle Obama talk about it and she kind of used it in the workspace. And I like to use that example as well, because that's like, especially for me when I, as a woman working in a space of male dominance and I walk in there and I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. Um, I'm the only woman and you've got all these men. And so is it going to be one of those scenarios where there's misogyny or any kind of thing and making sure that I don't shrink myself and say, okay, Candace, you're worthy. You're supposed to be here. Right. Say your piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I find it interesting too, because, you know, like when you mention jobs and employment, you often like see these studies about how women will only apply to a job that they are 100% qualified yeah. for. And the man be like, well, I can do one out of the out of the 10 that they asked for. So I'm gonna go ahead and apply. So it's like, why don't us women, you know, yeah. what, what is it about? Why do we not, you know, do that? And then we, um, like we downplay ourselves, our own talents and our own abilities when we know that, um, that we have the skill set to do it. Absolutely. And I like that's one of the things I want to really like dig into and research why like what is it about our woman nature where we feel like we cannot um we like we have to have everything perfect. Like why does it everything has to be in a row? Perfectionism. I mean, as I'm thinking about this, I think maybe as children and how we raise girls different from boys, mm-hmm. you have to be very prim and proper and everything's got to be in its place and you can't get your dress dirty and your bow's got to be in a certain place. And that perfectionism mm-hmm. continues to just show up in every area of our life. So maybe when we're also thinking about jobs, we're thinking, oh, we're not perfect because we don't have everything in a row. We don't have every single qualification. So then we just must not be able to to, to apply for that job. Whereas I think we give boys a little more grace where it's okay, you know, you can run and bump and play and get dirty and 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 do different things and explore different things. So to them, like, hey, you know what? I don't have everything, but I'm just going to go try it. Yeah. So, so I think maybe that's where that comes from. Like, don't quote me. That's not from a scientific <laughs> article. <laughs> but that's just from my, like, perspective of just having this conversation with you. That may be mm-hmm. one one aspect of why we why we don't. Yeah, I think um, that's an interesting point, too, because I actually I, I thought of the same thing. Um, you know, I, I go back into my psych ways here and there. That was my first degree. I didn't do nothing with it, though. But <laughs> but, you know, sometimes what I think about, too, is um, young boys are kind of applauded for being aggressive. You know, they yes. play soccer and football and those things like they are encouraged to be aggressive. But it's like um, when a little girl is being aggressive. It's like she's being too sassy. Yes, or it's not too ladylike. Awesome. Yeah, it's not ladylike. It's not something that's approved of. And then that also kind of correlates to the workplace too, because a man and a woman can do the same thing, but it's it seems as if, you know, the man is applauded and then the lady is, you know, being too much, too aggressive to this, to that. But they would be doing the same thing. I even saw like... um it was an article 
where this man was like, well, how come you can't get all this work done? I don't understand. And they did an experiment where all the emails that she sent, um, he would send all those emails, but then replace it and put her name at the bottom. And he noticed that the responses that he would get from some of the clients were completely different than the responses that he would get. So if he said something, they would just go ahead and do it. But if she said something, then they would go back and rebut and ask some questions and mm-hmm. like give some back and forth. So he said that kind of gave him some perspective of sometimes how women are seen in the workforce versus um, how men are seen in that aspect. I I think those like those discrepancies are so intertwined in our lifestyle that we as women sometimes don't even recognize that's happening and showing up in our authenticity, authenticity, sorry, Mm -hmm. is um, recognizing those and then still feeling, figuring out how to show up as ourselves and not decreasing ourselves just because we're in that space. And we know that, you know, we might be perceived a different way. We're still going to show up. We're still going to, you know, voice our opinions. We're still going to you know, command the respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's important for us in our true state to just push through that. Even though we know that, still show up as yourself, still do whatever it is that you need to do. And I think over time, and I hope that those things will start to change. Um, I think a lot of times why those continue to happen is because we don't show up as our true selves and we just shrink back and and don't want that conflict or confrontation. But we need to to stand up and say, you know, this is not how this is going to go. This is who I am. As a woman, I still have thoughts and opinions and I still should be respected it, this, just the same way as, as a man. That's good. And so I know that you that you kind of walk through your own journey of kind of tapping into your true self and owning your own authenticity. How did that come about for you? Can you take us like through some of the steps that you went through to recognize maybe some areas where you weren't being authentic and then how you got back to your true self? Absolutely. Um, So I'll start with a little backstory. So I came from a family like very loving, supportive, and you know, always, it's not that they expected us to be high achievers, but somewhere in there, I just picked up that idea that that's what I was supposed to be. And life was, you graduate high school, you're going to college, you get Mm -hmm. a good job. Sure. That's my parents. I'm a teenager. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that's what I do. That's what I'm supposed to do. But when I hit my twenties and I was really starting to live in the world and I didn't have that guidance anymore where I had to like make my own decisions. Like, what am I going to eat for dinner today? Cause my mom's not here to cook it. You know, how do I buy a car? Kind yeah. of like what you said, those things that you wish you would have known. Um, it was then like started thinking, well, hold on a minute. I don't know who I am. Like I am this, I went to college because my family said I should go to college, not because I really wanted to go to college. Um, and I struggled in college in the sense of finding a degree because I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to do. And when I tell you that was just a waste of you know, Ooh, time. Was it? Um, oh, I tell you. Yeah. And, and so then I had to go back to school and get my counseling degree because that's what I really wanted to do. But at that point, you know, my parents said that. Um, and I found it really hit me when I was in the dating scene and I kept like seeking this like specific type of guy. Like 
I know that I didn't want these <laughs> these guys that were just trying to play games. I was looking for somebody who was really committed and I couldn't find that. So I kept praying to God. I was like, God, look, like just, you know, that that prayer we do as women. Can you just send me my husband? Okay, what about this one, God? Is he going right. to be my husband? <laughs> it's just the one. <laughs> and, and at some point, God was like, you asking for husbands. Like, when are you going to ask to really seek for yourself? And that was like a light bulb moment for me because I'm like, well, maybe that's why I'm not finding you know, the guy that I need, because I don't even know what I need. I thought I knew, but I don't even know myself. Mm -hmm. How am I going to look for a significant other? And so it started in the dating space, but it then started to transcend into other areas of my life. And what I really had to do, well, I'll say in the prayer, God was like, your husband will be here in seven years. I was like, seven years? Seven years. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I got plans (laughs) for this husband. What do you mean seven years? Um, but in that seven year journey, it really allowed me to sit down and focus on myself. I had to look at the ugly parts of myself, like the things that I didn't like about myself, the things that I loved about myself. Um, I had to figure out, you know, what did my life want to be like? Just like you mentioned to me earlier, like what were my dreams? Not the dreams that my family had for me, but what did my life look like based on who I was? Where did I want to go? Um, and when I really started to sit down and focus on those things, I really became more confident in who I was and more solid in what I wanted to do and what I needed. And once I kind of started doing that, then in the workspace, I was like, well, hold on. I wasn't showing up as my true self here. I was wearing a mask. Now, what do I look like authentically in this workspace? Am I happy here? Is this really where I want to be? Or is this a job because that's just the path that I'm on because my parents started this with the college and then that's where I just naturally go? I don't feel like I made a choice to work there. I just kind of landed Mm -hmm. there. I really had to think about where do I want to go career-wise? Who who did I want to be in the workspace? Who was my authentic self in the workspace? Um, then it went shifted into friendships. And friendships was a hard one for me because I, before I went on this journey, I definitely was somewhat of a people pleaser. I didn't want people to be mad at me. I wanted everybody to like me. But I was scared to have friends because I felt like I was hiding something because I didn't know who I was. So I felt like I was hiding something and I didn't want them to see that. So I didn't let allow people to get too close to me. Um, and on the outside, I presented like I had everything put together, like I had tons of friends. But on the inside, I was like, oh, no, I, I can't because I don't want them to see that that ugly, ugly side of me. So just kind of going through that process and learning myself and then starting to, you know, really show up authentically in every area of my life. So that's how that journey kind of started. And it. It was a long period and God was not joking. It was seven years. Um, and <laughs> But I like in that process, I became more self-confident, like my self-worth and my self-value and my self-love came from within, not because my parents said I should have that, but but because I knew I had that and I, I gave that to myself. That's awesome. That is, wow, seven years. And you know what? It seems like such a long time, but seven years can go by so quick, so quick. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the Lord, you know, the Lord is strategic. 
in yes. everything it is that he has us do. And seven years is perfection, right? That's right. <laughs> seven years is is perfection. But I think that's so good because basically what I gathered from what you were saying is that once you start to evaluate one area of your life, it will then start to spill over into the other areas of your life. Absolutely. So when you said, well, it started out with dating and these were the things that I was looking for. But then as I turned around, I'm like, hold on now, let let me get my respect up in here with work too. And then it progresses, you know, um, through those different areas. And I think that's so important because it's it's very true what you said before we can start to have a relationship with anybody, whether it's, you know, a romantic relationship, a work relationship, a friendship, whatever it is, we've really got to know who we are as ourselves first. Because, you know, as they say, birds of a feather flock together and you end up taking on the habits of your friends, your coworkers and everybody else that's around. So I think that's that's like truly um, like a powerful story and a good testament for, you know, how we should how we should progress. Because we hear so many people say, well, you know, this person completes me or this person does that. And I'm always like, well, I don't think this person should complete you. I think they should compliment you like a gang, but not a complete. Because I'm like, well, what if what if something happens to them? Are you incomplete again? Or, you know, what happens? So that's right. That's absolutely right. Like you have to be whole first before then before you can allow somebody else to come into your life. If somebody else is fulfilling that self-worth and fulfilling that self-love and fulfilling all of those other things that start with self. Mm-hmm. If somebody else is doing that, you're giving them the power. You're giving them the control to pretty much run your life. And you're always going to be seeking validation from that person or even things. And you're constantly, you're never going to be happy because you're not truly whole yourself. So I 100% agree with you on that. Now, that's a good point too, when you you talk about validation, because last week I talked about dreams and dreaming again and envisioning the life that you want to have. And, you know, sometimes for people that choose to go the entrepreneur route, sometimes we find it difficult to continue on because if we mess around and we start looking for validation, we can derail our own dreams and like basically self-sabotage ourselves, basically looking for approval from somebody else when we really don't need permission from anybody to do it. As long as we know that's right, that's what we were supposed to be doing. I think the good word you just said is permission. Give yourself permission. The permission does not come from anybody else, it doesn't mm-hmm. come from your mama, it doesn't come from your daddy, it doesn't come from your spouse. You give yourself permission to do those things and, and give yourself that validation. And I think that's a great point of, especially when you're in business, you're looking. Are you doing the business because you're trying to, you know, fulfill a goal, a dream of yours? Or are you doing this business because you want that validation? You want Mm -hmm. somebody to say, oh, good job. You did a good job. Right. Right? Like (laughs) not everybody's going to be on board with you. Not everybody Mm -hmm. is going to understand your mission and your goals and your dreams. But you still have to keep going because you give yourself permission to move forward and you provide that validation for yourself. Yeah, that's really good. And you know, I think of of I think of Martin Luther King, right? He was not appreciated at all, you know, while he was living. 
but he received the vast majority of his flowers after his passing, more so than what he did when he was actually in the mission that he was supposed to be doing. So yeah, that validation keeps is that's right. Ooh, yeah. That's a, that's a piece right there. Yes, and, exactly. And if you, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Martin Luther King. Not everybody followed him. Not everybody, mm-hmm. even from a black community perspective, not everybody thought what he was doing was good. Yeah, yeah. So, but he he knew he had a mission, and regardless of how what people thought and felt, he knew he had something to fulfill. He knew he had a dream to make you know, to come to fruition. So it's not about other people. What is your dream and what is true to you? And and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so what, I guess the, the question that comes to mind is you've done the work, you've evaluated your, basically every area of your life. So now that you've done the work for that, how different does your relationships look now? Because you said earlier, like on the in on the outside, it looks like you got it all together, but on the inside, you really did not have those friendships. It is that you truly wanted to have. So once you started doing the work, how do your friendships and how do your work relationships? How does all of that look for you today? Seven years? May are we eight years? Are we, are we like we we're like a lot farther? Like don't have me counting the numbers because then I'm gonna be old in a minute. And I'm still like not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say in my 20s. It was in the 20s I did the seven-year space. Okay, okay, in the 20s. Got it. Yes. Got it. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, it was once I became comfortable with myself, like, and loving who I was, um, and the person that I was showing up as actually was truly me. I just d- had no connection to that person. And I don't know what, I didn't know who that was and what that looked like. But once I made that connection, I had a lot more peace in life. I wasn't like looking um, for validation from other people. I wasn't like running from other people. Um, I remember times people would <laughs> invite me out and I'm like, Mm-mm, I can't come. Knowing good and well, I didn't have nothing to do on a Friday night in my 20s. <laughs> but because I was so worried about somebody like seeing, you know, this, this other side of me, I, I didn't mm-hmm. go. And so I became, you know, more social. Um, I reached out to people and created friendships that way because I was comfortable with who I was and I knew that I was enough. I didn't have to pretend to be somebody else, wear these masks. I was enough. Good, bad, ugly, flawed, all of it. I was okay with it and I made peace with it. Um, And I think that's an important part, like making peace and accepting just who you are. Nobody's perfect. Um, We're all growing. We're we're not going to know every single thing in this world. We're going to have challenges and that's okay. But being okay with you no matter what. And so when I did that, I was able to hang out with friends and feel comfortable. And I was able to share my thoughts and ideas. And I didn't feel like I was, you know, less than or like I was going to say something stupid. Um, And so I I just felt more comfortable um, with friendships. And I learned a lot about myself, too, that I am... I'm an introvert extrovert. I'm somewhat extroverted. I like people, but I also love my downtime and my me time and my alone time. Oh, yes. I'm that friend. Like, I love you. I could, like, not talk to you for three whole months and be completely fine, but I'll pick up the phone and talk to you just like we talked yesterday. Um, And you can always call me. I'm always down, but I like my space. Um, But I had to learn that about myself. Um, 
because a long, a, for a long time, I thought, well, maybe that I just didn't like people and I didn't know how to connect. No, I just know I like to be by myself. And that was okay. Um, and so with friendships, I was able to be more open. In the workspace, it really had me focus on what did I really want to do from a career perspective? Did I want to work for somebody for the rest of my life? Did I want to, you know, climb the corporate ladder? Um, and if I did, what did that look like? You know, what job did I really enjoy? Not going to work just because I need a paycheck. I'm going to work because I enjoy it. And then because I have my skill set and I'm confident in my skill set, I can now ask for more money. I can, I can feel confident enough to go in and negotiate because I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. So therefore, I should be paid for it, just like oh, everybody yeah. else. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and two, it made me realize, like, my male counterparts, a lot of times they negotiate. I wasn't negotiating because I wasn't confident in myself. But now, let me tell you, I go in there and I'm like, I would like every penny that I am, am owed. Thank you. <laughs> um, and if and if I'm not getting what I need, then that's okay. I'm confident enough that some other company will hire me. So I don't have to stay here and put up with that. Um, because at the end of the day, I think of working as a business contract. I am Candace LLC. You want some services done? I can provide those services. And at any point, we can split ways. But here is my price um, for those services that you need. And... It's negotiable, but I'm not going to take less than what I know that I'm worth. Mm -hmm. And so I started showing up in that space. And the job that I have now, um, I do a lot of talking with like upper management, upper management men. And as a black woman, a lot of upper management white men. So sometimes that can be like, okay, what are, what's going to happen today? But I'm, I still show up <laughs> as myself. I still mm -hmm. show up. And when, you know, not that I like conflict, but I'm able to handle myself when that comes up because I'm confident in who I am and I know my skill set. Um, so it really allowed me to sit there and really plan my dream job, my dream career because I wanted to, not because somebody else said, oh, you should do this. Mm -hmm. you know? That's good. I <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm over here taking notes. I, I have so many key points Um that I took away from what you were saying, one of those was basically once you are once you are comfortable in your own skin and once you can truly love your own self, that's when you truly start to attract more. Absolutely. You don't have to chase anybody for it. Like it just it just naturally comes to you once you are comfortable in your own skin. Yes. And I, I don't know if you follow um <laughs> if you follow um Melissa Fredericks or Miss Kev on stage on Instagram. I follow her husband, but I did not. Let me go find her then. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on there. So she um, she created, she has this uh, sweatshirt. And the phrase that she has on it is, um, I am enough as is without exception. And Amen. So when you said that, that's exactly what came to mind. Like, hey, you're going to like me for all of me, flaws and all. It It is what it is. Like, love me without cause, without exception. So I definitely like that piece of it because when you were talking about even going into these conference rooms and you're speaking to these other people, I think people can, they can sense like mm -hmm. you're not being true to yourself. And people don't like 
when they feel like they're getting a fake version of whoever. Even if the real version of you is too much for them to handle, they still appreciate like That's the right. honesty or the authenticity that you bring forth to the table because if nothing else, they at least know you're being true and you're being honest. And that is important to a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you move differently when you show up as yourself. When you're speaking and you're talking, you don't have to memorize a script. You don't have to, you know, put your words together. You're it's just gonna flow because that's you. Um, and if people don't like you, that's okay. They not gonna die, you not gonna die. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be all right, you know, (laughs) but just do you. Um, and to that, like definitely in the dating world too, um, it, it changed how I looked at dating and men and just, Hey, this is who I am. These are my expectations. These are my boundaries. I'm not changing. Um, of course, you know, we're human and we all have flaws and there's things that we have to grow on. But for mm-hmm. the most part, this is this is who I am and these are my boundaries and I'm not going to accept anything less. And what I started noticing is, I don't know, like once you become more confident, like you just put out this aura. So yeah. all the dudes who like know they weren't any good, like they didn't even come my way anymore. Like they didn't even, mm-mm. And I don't know if it was my face or how I walked, but they just like, mm-mm, we just not even gonna go over there because I already yeah, know. It- and repel it yes exactly <laughs> exactly i'm gonna get shut down just no and so when you do that you put yourself in a space where you're not going to settle for anything you're not you're less likely to settle because you know what you want and you know what you deserve and that's in every area at work friendships relate um you know romantic relationships you know what you deserve so you're like look i think you're great but this is not serving me because this is what I need and who I am. So I'm going to just let you, you know, go on about your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you move like that, you, like you said, you, you know, attract certain people and you attract certain things and you move, you just move differently. That's good. That is, that is fantastic. <laughs> because I think if nothing else, like this was just, you know, reinforcement to, encourage us to be true to exactly who we are and it takes work. And so, you know, whether it takes one year, two years, seven years or 10 years, we have to do the work because once we do that, then we start to attract the life, the people, the work, the things, basically everything in our lives, we start to um, attract basically everything that that should come to us and and what we could have, what we want, what we deserve, and even, you know, the things that we're dreaming. And it seems like you're living the life that you want. Yeah, yeah. And and it's peaceful. I think that was one of the biggest things I realized. Like, when I became more focused on, like, who I was and what I wanted and being, like you said, doing the work and being intentional, like, life was just a lot more easy. Like That's good. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about like what other people thought, you know, and I just showed up as me and like it or leave it. I'm still love myself at the end of the day. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That That is good. Now, peace. Mm. That's the number one thing that you often don't hear a lot of people talk about. But that peace. It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a major thing, because if you don't have peace, peace will make you lose your mind. It'll make you lose a job. It might even make you go off on somebody. So, I've been. So that piece is important. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> you said you've been there? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, man, yes. <laughs> People make you just do some things and you're like, was that me? Right. <laughs> and, and and now in the peace itself. <laughs> yeah. And in the peace pace, I just let it like roll off my back. I'm like, oh, okay. Because guess what? I still know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm still in control of my life. I know what I'm going to do. So if you want to get crunk, look, enjoy. Right. <laughs> it's above me now. Enjoy love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good. So I think we have established that peace equals unbothered. Just completely mm. unbothered with all this. Put that in a book. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been such a great conversation. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I just want to say thank you for creating this space, um, especially for women. I think we need more spaces like this to be able to really talk about those things that we don't get to talk about because we're always like multitasking or moving and we're a mom and we're, you know, a wife and we're, and we don't have the time or we don't take the time. I'll say that because we do have to be intentional about it. Um, And we don't have, and we're not really sure where the resources are to help us really connect and and get to know ourselves and what are our dreams. So I just want to say thank you for creating the space for women because we totally need it. Look, thank you so much for coming on. The first official guest, the first Hi. guest. This has been such a great conversation and it's been it's been really fun. So yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I hope you did as well. I did. <laughs> so where can the people find you if they want to follow you or anything like that? I am on Instagram. Now, look, y'all, give me some grace um, because I am not an Instagram person. So I'm learning that space. But you can follow me on Instagram at Crack Your Mask. Um, or you can search just Candace D authentically. And Candace is C-A-N-D-A-C-E. And you can find me there. All right. Fantastic. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much again for coming through and just gracing us with your magnificent presence. We are all learning. I'm learning Instagram myself. So (laughs) So you are in good company, but definitely please make sure that you go and you follow Candice and all of the good things that she has going on. So thank you so much, Candice. Thank you. Listen. I really enjoyed the conversation that I was able to have with Candace today surrounding authenticity. And the key point that I took away is that the moment that you start to live true to your own self, you start to command more, not only from yourself, but from other people. And you start to attract more good things to you. So like Candace was saying, once she started to live true to herself and do some self-reflection, she started to get more from work. And she started to make sure that she was getting the pay that she deserved. And I think this can flow over into all areas and aspects of our lives as well. So again, I hope that you were able to get something from this today. And if you were, please be sure to review and subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, bye.